You are Locked On NBA Draft, your daily podcast on the NBA Draft, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Who are the best primary ball handlers, creators, shooters in this draft class? Sam and I are going to break down five of our favorite on-ball guys. Today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. At only 2.6 carbs and just 95 calories, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. Stay tuned as usual for the Ultra Player of the Week coming up later in this episode. You are locked on the NBA Draft. My name is Sam Ferris. I am one of your co-hosts. And of course, as always, I am joined by my good friend and the other member of the Draft Dummies, Cody, how's it going for you this afternoon? It's going really well. Excited for today's episode. Sam had a great idea. We are going to talk about five of the kind of on-ball point guards, primary playmaker types in this year's draft class, and we're going to rank them in some special and different categories. So the first segment, we're going to start off with creation and passing and then maybe talk about scoring as well. Sam, do you want to add some more info and maybe let the listeners know which five players we're going to break down? Yeah, I have a couple quick notes, but yeah. First, let's start with the five guys that we are including in this category, and that is Cade Cunningham, Jalen Suggs, Josh Giddy, Davion Mitchell, and yes, my guy Sharif Cooper. So those are the five guys kind of that we view as the potential primary ball handlers, the potential lead ball handlers. So the reason why I was so excited to do this as an idea for a podcast is because I like putting together lists. I thought it was fun to put together. I think it's going to be fun to listen to. And I also think it's going to lead to some disagreement between Cody and I. And also, I'm sure many of our listeners will disagree with a lot of the lists. We've got seven categories that we're going to rank these prospects on. And uh, you might even start by disagreeing, number one, the players that we did include, and maybe even the name of this position. But I think it's going to be kind of a lot of fun as we get into here. And the last note for me, Cody, before we jump in is... The way that I'm doing this is I am basing this off of kind of a baseline projection of these players, kind of like uh, average 50th percentile outcome of what I expect from these prospects. So what I'm not necessarily doing here is saying, well, Davion Mitchell shot 45% from three last year. Therefore, he's the best shooter of this group. I'm not really doing that. This is more of a projection of what I expect from these guys as pros because That's kind of what we do as the draft dummies is evaluate and project these guys. Um, So I'm ready to jump in, Cody, unless you had any other notes before we dive in. No, I am ready as well. Um, I agree with what you said there. This is projecting them as pros. It's a combination of stats, the eye tests and projections going forward. So let's get into it. So what uh, what category did you say you wanted to start out with? Let's go with our category of creation, passing, playmaking for others. Okay. So we have this separate from, you know, on-ball stuff, scoring, ball handling, on-ball offense. So this is just creation for others and playmaking for others. So that is why I'll, I'll just run through my list first, and then you can give me your disagreements and kind of your list. 
So I've got Sharif Cooper, number one. I've got Cade Cunningham, two. Josh Giddy three. Suggs, four. Davion Mitchell, pretty easily number five for me on this list. Yeah, so pretty similar. I got Sharif Cooper as my 1A, but I actually have Josh Giddy kind of as my 1B. And then I have uh, Kate Cunningham followed by Jalen Suggs and then Davian Mitchell in the last slot. I'll ask you this, Sam. We're, we have Giddy and Cade flipped. Why do you have Cade number two? So this is one of the difficulties of this whole you know, activity or this whole process that we're doing is it's hard to separate each individual skill, right? Because most basketball skills are intertwined with other traits or other skills. For example, you know, is LeBron James a better passer than Chris Paul? I don't know, but LeBron's bigger, stronger, and a better scorer. Uh, And just with those tools, he creates more advantages. And because of those things, he is kind of a more effective passer and the passing from him is more of a deadly weapon I'd say than Chris Paul but it's just so hard to separate individual skills especially passing for others and that's where I struggled between Sharif Giddy and Cade because I do tend to think that both Giddy and Sharif are better just straight up passers than Cade but with Cade's shooting scoring size athleticism package I think he's going to create a bit more Uh, advantages for himself as well as for others that are going to lead to easier passing windows. And so it's just kind of hard to separate those skills individually. Uh, I think all three of those guys, you could make an argument. I easily could have gone Josh Giddy number one. To me, those three guys are clearly in a tier above the other two. Yeah, no, and that all makes sense to me. And I, I agree. I just went with Giddy over Cade um, just because they both have the height, obviously, And I think Giddy's just a little bit farther along when it comes to hitting those weak side skips. Cade Cunningham has flashed it. He can do it well. He's only going to get better. Uh, I just think Giddy, as of right now, playing professionally over there, has done a tremendous job of live dribble, one-hand passing, left-hand and right-hand, and just knowing where the defense breaks down and making – those NBA level, those Luca and LeBron skip passes to the other side. And Cade's going to be able to do the same thing uh, with his size too. So really you can't go wrong, go wrong with them, either one. Yeah. So in conclusion, for me, it's almost a 1A, 1B, 1C. Suggs would be like a C and then Mitchell would be quite a ways down from even Suggs, but close group there at the top. Uh, One other point I did forget to mention is at the end, we like to do you know, our rankings. So what I've done is kind of a weighted average ranking of each of these to see kind of how, you know, if I took the average from each of these categories, how would I rank these guys? And we'll talk about how that compares to how I had these guys, you know, ranked coming in, which I thought is interesting. But uh, what category, Cody, do you want to hit on next? Let's go with scoring. And this is not necessarily just shooting. We are actually going to talk a little bit more about that later. But this is scoring. So it is putting ball in the basket in a variety of ways. Do you want to break your list down first? Yep. And like Cody said, we have off the dribble threes as a separate category because to us, that is just such a necessary part of being an on-ball guy 
you know, to reach that elite status in the NBA. So in terms of scoring, number one, pretty easily, I have Cade Cunningham. Number two, Jalen Suggs. Number three, Josh Giddy. Four, I have Sharif Cooper. And five, Davion Mitchell. Yeah, so pretty similar once again. I had Cade number one by a wide margin. Jalen Suggs, too. I actually was kind of flip-flopping between Sharif and Giddy. Ended up going with Sharif number three as far as my projection for him. Uh, Giddy four and then Mitchell five. Yeah, one of the reoccurring themes is that Cade Cunningham is going to finish at the top of a lot of these lists, at least for me. And then Giddy and Sharif are close on a lot of the lists. And I kind of tended to go, you know, the, the size, massive size difference to me is kind of one of the big tiebreakers. But you know, as we go through this list, we can kind of break down what made up some of the differences. But I think that list is more straightforward. I view Kate as the best scorer in this class. I wouldn't say he's a generational scorer, but if he ends up being a scorer kind of in the realm of a Jason Tatum, w- would you be surprised, Cody, or is that too high of a bar to set for Cade? That's a little high for me, okay. uh, but at, at the same time, I mean, just because Tatum's been so efficient from such a young age, mm-hmm. but at the same time, Cade flashed it all this last year at Oklahoma State. He can get to his spots in the mid-range and hit those jumpers consistently, and we see all the best scores in the NBA. They're able to do that. Uh, he shot 40% from three, and that was kind of like – his shady area coming into the year and he shot the ball very well from distance. Uh, so yeah, at the same time, like if, if he gets to Tatum level, I wouldn't be surprised, but uh, Tatum is also, I think was a little bit farther along at the same age, but I, I agree with you. Absolutely. Cade's going to be the best scorer out of this class and he's going to make it look easy doing it. I think Jalen Green could potentially give him a run for his money there. I think you would agree with that. But yeah, the size and to me also, it's just crazy to think back a year ago from now, if we had been able to see the future and know that Cade Cunningham had just become or had come this far just in terms of the pull up jump shooting, uh, you know, we're now using him to compare other guys in this class to him as such a a fantastic jump shooter. And that's something we just didn't really expect, you know, 12, 16 months ago from now. And that is absolutely massive in terms of his ceiling as a creator at the next level. Um, But we're going to get into a break, but coming up next, we got even more categories that uh, we cannot wait to, to break down. Michelob ultra believes Enjoyment isn't the end game, it's the whole game. And we've partnered with them to bring you the Michelob Ultra Player of the Week. This week's winner, uh, we're going to give to Mr. Devin Booker. Book it. He closed out the Lakers in the series where he finished with 47 points on 15 of 22 shooting, including 8 of 10 from the three-point Line. So we're going with Devin Booker as this week's Michelob Ultra Player of the Week. He is someone that had never made the playoffs before. You can tell that he's having fun. He's enjoying it. Uh, he's certainly happy getting the win over LeBron and the Lakers. And Michelob Ultra has some of their own stats as well. At only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories per bottle, the joy creates success. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Our Michelob Ultra Player of the Week, Devin Booker. This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Locker Room is the first social audio platform 
made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. Again, Locker Room is the perfect place to start or join conversations about the league. You can find fans that are just like you on Locker Room for watch parties, debates, or post-game breakdowns, and of course, reacting to the biggest news or rumors across your sport. And you can find locked on hosts across the NBA, MLB, NHL, and other areas conducting a lot of these locker rooms. It should be a lot of fun. Today on the road to the finals, our NBA playoff coverage is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it at 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. We can all enjoy the games a little bit more this season. All right, Sam, let's get into this. What category did we want to do next? So in the previous segment, we did creation for others and we did scoring. Let's move now to ball handling, Cody. And I'll just run down my list. Then you give me your disagreements if there are any. Number one for me, I've got Sharif Cooper. Number two, Kate Cunningham. Number three, Josh. Number four, I have Davion Mitchell. And number five, I have Jalen Suggs. Uh, I'm a bit iffy on the, that four and five. To me, you could flip those either way. I, I do think that Jalen Suggs ball handling uh, is one of, you know, if you were to say one of his maybe improvement points as a prospect, I would point to ball handling. And I'd also point out to the fact that I think the system at Gonzaga, the spacing that he had might have, I wouldn't say covered up any issues, but certainly uh, helped him out in terms of looking kind of his best in terms of his projection there. Yeah. So I have Sharif Cooper, number one, Cade, number two. And then I kind of, I think I ended up doing the same as you giddy number three, Mitchell four and Suggs five. And you make a good point with Suggs Gonzaga's guards. Uh, well, one, they ran like three of them at a time and they always got the ball out of their hands. It's such a free flowing offense and great ball movement where, uh, Suggs really didn't have to put the ball, uh, you know, on the deck one-on-one with dribble combos and whatnot. He's more of a point A to point B type. Certainly someone I think will improve there. I think he's going to do just fine in the NBA handling the ball. But uh, Sharif Cooper, number one for sure for me. He's such a joy to watch with his uh, creativity and craftiness. Yeah, Sharif Cooper is a fantastic ball handler. His ball handling and just his quick twitch ability, the ability to just shift and get anywhere on the court is really fun to watch. Uh, some people might quibble with having Josh Giddy at three because his handle isn't perfect. But the way I look at it is this kid is still 18. He's 6'8", probably even 6'9 now. So you look at the, hit, the handle for his height. Uh, and to me, that's why I have him above Mitchell and above Suggs. Uh, and I, I do think it'll continue to improve. But yeah, just the handle at his height, I, I really like. In terms of if you're just comparing one to one, you could argue moving them down. But that's kind of how I look at that comparison. And that's why I have him at three. Yep. Makes sense to me. Would you like to do off the dribble threes next? Yes. Yes, I would. Easy number one for me here, Cade Cunningham. We talked about how that off the dribble shot has come along. Plus, it's just easier to shoot off the dribble threes when you're 6'8", 6'9". So that, to me, is a big benefit and a big check in terms of, you know, his checklist as a shooter and creator. At number two, though, I have Jalen Suggs. 
Uh, he did have some shooting struggles this year, Cody, but the off-the-dribble pull-up numbers never really wavered. He was a fantastic pull-up jump shooter this year. So those two were pretty easy for me. And then number three, four, and five is where it gets a little bit more difficult. Uh, at number three, though, I actually go with Josh Giddy. I'd be interested to hear if you have any differing opinions, Cody. But I think his the jumper is a... I wouldn't say it's a totally natural shot for him. It's something he has continued to work and improve on. And we've seen those improvements just statistically throughout the course of the NBL season for him. Um, but just his ability to create and create advantages at his size, especially, I think that's going to help him, you know, find shots and get to shots off the dribble. That's something that I saw watching the film. So, you know, if they're in an open gym, yeah, I'd take Davion Mitchell over Josh Giddy as a pull-up jump shooter. But in an NBA context, in just projecting and baking in my develop my projection of their development moving forward, I go with Josh Giddy three there, Davion Mitchell four, and Sharif Cooper five. To me, the jump shot is kind of the biggest question mark, along with the size with with Sharif Cooper. Yeah, and Sam and I include this category just because uh, these are primary on-ball guys, and if anyone's going to take that next step in this class to superstardom, uh, you look at like Harden, Luka, uh, Dame Lillard, Steph Curry, Kyrie Irving, uh, Donovan Mitchell this year, tremendous shooting off the dribble. If you're a primary ball handler and you want to take that you know, top eight player in the league, uh, type step you got to be able to shoot the ball off the bounce at least at you know a 36 37 percent rate to keep defenses honest um i had Cade number one uh he was the 65th percentile this year on dribble jumpers but again we project him to be a much better shooter than that uh going forward and i had Suggs number two as well it was the one area of his shooting that looked the cleanest and looked the best was most consistent. He was actually 93rd percentile on dribble jumpers last year, despite only shooting 33% from three. Then we wavered a little bit here, Sam. I actually put Davion Mitchell number three. Uh, this year was his best shooting year by far. Uh, his previous two seasons, one at Auburn and the other at Baylor, uh, he did not shoot even close to how well he shot this year. So I agree that it, it is a bit of an outlier. I don't necessarily think 44.7% from three is the norm for him. But he was the 95th percentile on dribble jumpers this year. And I actually really like his step back. Uh, he's flashed it a few times this past season in college. So I have him number three. Giddy number four, who, like you said, it's not the most natural shot for him, but he improved a ton by the end of this year. He's talked about how his confidence with it is getting better. He's got the size to get it off. I really hope that uh, he can consistently uh, knock down the three-point shot in the NBA. And then number five is Sharif as well. He has the most work to do for sure, and he has the most to gain uh, if he can really develop this shot too because then you're looking at a guy like Trey Young that is a threat from deep but then has all the tools and all the playmaking skills and passing. Uh, and, you know, like you said, at his size to um, being so small, it would really go a long ways for him. And if anyone makes a huge jump, I hope it's Sharif. 
Yeah, to me, that might be one of the biggest swing skills in the draft. Like you said, if he can hit that pull-up, it doesn't even need to be a complete knockdown, just a huge weapon for him. But if he can punish guys for going under screens, that will be huge. Uh, And to piggyback off the point you were making about, you know, if you want to be, you said top eight, I'd even say top 15 player in the league. That's like a primary guy. You either have to be a top 1% athlete, we're talking a John Morant, a Russell Westbrook, or you have to have that pull-up three. And so Sharif doesn't quite, well, I do think he is an underrated athlete, and he's got amazing core strength, and he's just very quick and strong. He's not a John Morant that's just going to be living at the rim. So he's going to he's gonna need that at least to hit a high-end outcome. So to me, if he does hit that and you know, he can make defenders pay for going under screens. He can hit it consistently enough. To me, we're talking about a returning top seven value in this draft. And if not, then it's more of a question mark to me. Yeah, we are going to get into a break here. And then in the final segment, we are going to cover defense, off-ball offense, and athleticism. Don't let the stress of daily life weigh on your body. Whether you're an elite athlete or just someone like me, just trying to make it through the day-to-day tension-free, Theragun can really help. Theragun is the handheld percussive percussive therapy device that helps release your deepest muscle tension using a scientifically calibrated combo of depth, speed, and power. And it's as quiet as an electric toothbrush. The Gen 4 Theragun doesn't feel just good. It gets to the source of the pain by releasing tension using Theragun's significant percussive therapy, which goes 60% deeper than vibration alone. So while that read was difficult for me to get through because of all those intense words, Theragun will be much better than I just did reading this. So Theragun is trusted by 250 professional sports teams like Real Madrid and elite athletes like Pandemic Paul George. DeAndre Hopkins, Maria Sharapova, hundreds of thousands of customers, and me. So try Theragun for 30 days starting at only $199. Go to theragun.com slash locked on right now and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports actions. Baseball is in full swing and you can track all the action at Bet Online. How about you go bet on those Seattle Mariners? They're only a game under 500 yet. They're 30th, which is last in the league in batting average, last in on-base percentage, and 23rd in ERA. Go bet on those Miracle Mariners at 30-31 and 31 with one of the worst rosters in the MLB. They also got UFC MMA action at Bet Online. So before the next pitch, head over there on your laptop or mo- mobile device and check out all the sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. If you head to their website now and use promo code LOCKEDON, you'll receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, let's get into these final categories here. So let's start with the off-ball offense. What's your ranking there? So for me, going with the theme that we've had throughout the podcast, I have Cade Cunningham number one due to the size, the shooting ability, and the feel and the IQ to move off the ball. 
you know, plus just the size. I, I think just the scoring along with that is going to make him kind of more of a deadly off-ball threat. Of course, the shooting is baked into that. At number two, though, I have Jalen Suggs. Number three, Josh Giddy. Number four, Davion Mitchell. And number five, Sharif Cooper. Any differences from you, Cody? Yeah, so I got Cade number one as well, Suggs two. I actually went with Mitchell number three. Uh, 91st percentile catch and shoot this last year. 89th percentile spot up. That's for a really good Baylor team. Again, not saying he's going to shoot 44% from three again. Uh, but I had Giddy four and Sharif five. Uh, Sharif is five for obvious reason. He is an on-ball point guard. That's where his skill set is. Giddy, uh, he talked about it with Mike Schmitz in their uh, film breakdown, just him working on being a player that can be off ball if he is drafted to a team like the Warriors uh, or the Mavericks, where he's going to have to you know, work on being effective in other areas. And, and I believe in him. He's a really, really heady player. I can see him, uh, you know, making, making changes and adjustments in his game to be an effective player elsewhere. But that was the the order I had it in. Yeah, and when I project in terms of off ball offense, I do include I do include like attacking closeouts and maybe like a second side pick and roll. You know, when I think of Josh Giddy, you know, going back to the Mike Schmitz interview, talked about an outcome of maybe him being similar to a Joe Ingles type role where yeah, he's not on ball all the time. But in terms of a second side pick and roll or attacking closeouts, Joe Ingles is so underrated there. He is very, very good decision maker, fantastic catch and shoot guy, and can also hit the pull up now. Plus that size that's kind of similar to Giddy. So I, I believe in Giddy getting to an outcome similar to that, even if he doesn't hit the on ball, you know, total primary outcome. That's why I still really like him as a prospect. I think he's a guy that kind of greases the offense no matter where you have him. He's just going to make things better around him. Uh, so while, yes, I, I think Mitchell, you could say it's more likely than not he does end up just the better straight-up catch-and-shoot guy, I like Giddy pretty much everywhere else. Yeah, that makes sense. Let's do athleticism next. What are your rankings there? So I kind of changed this just slightly to include physical profile. So it's athleticism plus the size, strength, whatever else you want to include under the category, under the umbrella of physical profile. So pretty easy there. Cade Cunningham, number one. I love the athletic tools, especially at 6'8 plus. Jalen Suggs for me at number two. I think he's a really good athlete. He's to me, I'm excited to see how he measures at the combine if he goes, but to me, I just don't really care that much because he is he's a basketball athlete where the dude just makes plays. He gets his hand on every ball. We've made kind of the Drew Holiday-like comparison. Uh, it just seems every game he just makes plays that are almost stunning athletically. Uh, number three, I have Josh Giddy, and that's where the size comes in. Number four, Davion Mitchell, and number five, Sharif Cooper. So, Cody, I'm guessing, I don't know if you baked size into this category for you. If not, I'm guessing you might have a little difference. Well, I had a feeling you might uh, <laughs> include that in the physical tools, and I had the exact same order. Uh, without it, it was a little bit different, uh, but we'll just run with that because the, the size is, you know, 
such a big element uh, for your positional value and just uh, predictability making it the next level. I will say if we're just doing athleticism, a very underrated element of you know being an NBA athlete is that lateral quickness. And Davian Mitchell defensively, uh, I just had to mention just how absurd he is on the perimeter. And I think that's going to go a long ways for him to sticking in the league. Um, but when we were including physical profile, I had the, I had the same order as you did. Okay. So let's get into now our final category. And after that, we will have just a couple concluding thoughts. And the last one here is defense. As you've probably noted, all we've talked about so far is the offensive side of the ball, but that is just half of the game. Of course, if you are a primary guy, most of the kind of thresholds or, you know, areas that we're really scouting are mostly on the offensive side of the ball. But defense is still important. And there's not too many guys that can be both a primary ball handler at the NBA level and also a really good defensive player. So I'm excited, Cody. I want to hear your your one through five first. So. I actually went with Davian Mitchell number one, and we can talk about that. I'm not worried about his short stature. I think he's going to be one of those Pat Bev types, Drew Holiday, where they're smaller, but they're that good defensively. Fred Van Vliet, uh, they'll be a positive on that end. Went with Suggs number two. I think he'll be tremendous there. Went with Cade number three with some of the intellect, the size, and the athleticism. I went with Giddy number four. I actually love Josh Giddy's hands and his defensive IQ. I mean, just the three in front of him, I think, will be better. But I'm not – I don't think Giddy's going to be horrible on that end. He definitely needs to improve uh, his quickness and uh, some of his mobility. And then Sharif Cooper, number five, who actually in his spurts, like he can get after it much more than like Trey Young ever could. He does a really ju- good job when he wants to of sliding his feet and cutting, cutting uh, the guy on ball off trying to penetrate – uh, but again, the guys in front of him, I just think are that much better, have more size. Yeah. So I had Sharif five. So I'll start with that as well that, yeah, I actually don't really hate him. Like people are totally counting him out for his size and that's fair. I understand he's not going to be like a very good defensive player, but yeah, the lateral quickness you talked about, the core strength, when he wants to, he can slide and stay in front of everybody. So in terms of him just guarding other ones, I actually think he can be pretty solid at the NBA level. Uh, number four, uh, I guess we'll go counting down here for me. Josh Giddy, I have as well. Like you said, I love his timing. I love the hands. Um, but yeah, just the quickness isn't really there both laterally. He's not a very good kind of vertical leaper either. But I think he can get to a point where he's like, a solid, at least a fine team defender who can kind of play his role. You can kind of stash him or hide him, if you want to call it that, on the other team's, uh, you know, weakest kind of wing offensive player. But at 6'9", you know, he can guard two through four, kind of depending on the matchup. Not at a very high level, but he's not going to be a guy that's just picked on repeatedly, I don't think. Uh, At number three, this is where we do differ. I have Davion Mitchell, so a couple spots lower. I think it's just the size uh, to me, but also because I believe a lot in the two guys ahead of him. I think Jalen Suggs, I I wouldn't bet on him being an all-NBA defender, but I do think he's going to be one of the 
best guard defenders in the NBA. And I wouldn't be surprised if he does make an all defensive team at some point in his career. Just the instincts, the strength on the ball. He's got very good hands. He's tenacious. He'll play kind of whatever role uh, you ask him to. I could see him, you know, starting his career off being asked to be kind of that tenacious defender. You know, if he's playing next to a guy that's more usage, I think he's fine taking that role of guarding the other team's best perimeter player. And I'd be excited to see him do that. At number one, I have Cade, again, just with the size. Um, So I guess, question here, Cody, not comparing these guys to these prospects, but in terms of if you're starting an NBA team and you're given the choice of either Pat Beverly as a defender or Jason Tatum, who would you go with? Well, that's, and your your answer might be Cade's not going to be as good as Jason Tatum defensively, and that's fine. Well, I don't th- I don't think he will be, but it also there's so many other factors offensively yeah. that you know you could frame it. I could frame it in another way too. Like, would you rather have like a Drew Holiday or a Tony Snell? Like, yeah, you can frame that and get kind of different, yeah. but. Yeah, no, I would definitely take the six, the six, seven, six, eight defender over the smaller uh, in general every day. Yeah, yeah, and maybe you're a little higher on Mitchell, just hitting kind of almost outlier outcome defensively. So, you know, going through this whole process, as you can probably tell by listening to these lists, I personally. Would And I don't know if Cody would have either. I wouldn't have even included Davion Mitchell in this group of potential primary guys at the next level. I I just don't mean for this whole episode to be like uh, just crapping on Davion Mitchell because I like a lot of things about him. I like him more than some people do. Defensively, I think he could be really good. But the reason why I don't really, in my book, in my eyes, include him in this list of potential primary guys is... And we've talked about it before, so I don't want to belabor the point, but it's just not too often that a guy takes four years in college to become a 20% usage guy and then also fills that role at the NBA level. That that really has never been done before, so he would certainly be kind of fighting against the odds, fighting against history and against statistics. Now, our job is to evaluate these prospects one by one evaluating them as individuals and I know that's kind of always your rebuttal Cody but that's just kind of my high level reason of not necessarily including him there the jumper the numbers were very good his last year but as we talked about they weren't as good before so there there's just a number of reasons that along with just the age obviously that he's kind of already gone through a lot of his development curve uh, a lot further along there than the rest of these guys. So that's why he's at the bottom of a lot of these lists for me. Uh, I don't mean to just kind of uh, rip on him throughout this whole podcast, like a lot of things about him, but just kind of wanted to communicate that so that it doesn't sound like I just hate him. I just don't view him in this kind of group with the rest of these four prospects. Yeah. And that's, what's interesting is him in that Baylor system with tremendous other guards where he actually spent, more time at the one at the NBA level, definitely see him more as an off ball guy with, you know, some on ball responsibilities, but uh, more of a, a defender. And if he were paired with someone um, like a Kyle Lowry, like Fred Van Vliet was, or with like a Luca, 
I definitely see him more as uh, an off-ball kind of role player than someone that he's never going to be like the keys uh, or have the keys to the offense or be an engine that makes it run. I'd actually argue that I would see you know, Jalen Green becoming more of like a, a Zach Levine type where he actually has more on-ball reps uh, than Davian Mitchell ever will. Yeah, definitely. To finish off this Davion Mitchell point, if he is kind of that smaller guard playing off of another creator, then he's going to have to hit high on both the defense and the shooting. So if you're ultra confident in both, then I totally understand. It's just, it's hard for me to, uh, to really be very confident in my projection of him being a, an elite defensive player at that size. Now he could certainly do very well on the smaller guards, but it's just hard to make that projection. And then the shooting for me is still a bit iffy. So that's why, you know, I'm just a bit lower on him. But let's get into kind of our final consensus aggregate rankings. The way that I have done it is I've kind of done a weighted average of all of these seven categories. Uh, um, I'm not sure if you did that, Cody. Did you like add up kind of the weighted average from No, each? I didn't I didn't do it mathematically, no. Okay. I just so I'm gonna Yeah, so I'm gonna give you mine. And the interesting thing is Kind of unsurprisingly, they do end up in the same order that I would have had them ranked previously. So I'm sure it would have been the same for Cody. So I'll, so the way I did it is it's kind of golf scoring here. Obviously, I just, you know, if a certain player, let's say Cade, was number one in a category, then he got one point. So the lower, the better. So Cade, for me, finished with nine points among these seven categories, minute, meaning he finished in the top one or two and mostly number one for each, which you kind of heard as we went along. Suggs finished with 19 points, so he was number two. Giddy just behind him with 22 points at three, and then Sharif a bit behind him with 26 at four, and then Mitchell at 29. Uh, so that, Cody, was the order that I would have ordered them in uh, pretty easily for me, actually. So interesting that that is the way that it shaped out. Do you differ from my kind of consensus ranking among these five prospects no so i would have Cade number one suggs number two giddy and sharif are it's tough i love sharif so much but i think i have giddy number three sharif four and mitchell five and one other kind of observation is that uh, among these seven uh categories that we rank these guys in that uh, Sharif Cooper was definitely the most volatile. He either finished like one or two or last in them. And I think that's kind of indicative of the type of prospect he is. I tweeted out recently that I think, you know, if we exclude kind of the top, how many of our guys, to me, I'd say outside of the top four or five, you might say seven, eight, nine. To me, outside of the top four or five guys, he has the mo- the highest and the most valuable upside Again, just if that off the dribble three gets to respectable level and he's able to figure out a couple other things, you know, in terms of maybe the finishing, maybe getting the most kind of out of his size. But I mean, if he hits and I and I I just tend to think that he will again, talking about Mike Schmitz does such an awesome job interviewing those guys. I loved the interview with Sharif Cooper. I'd invite you guys to go watch that if you're wanting to get a better better kind of understanding of Sharif as a prospect. I loved how we talked about after every game, he'd go rewatch every, uh, every possession that he had and seeing what reads he missed. 
He'd go over them with his coach, and then he would try to implement those later. I also loved how he knew all of the NBA players and could name them all. To me, he just seems like a basketball junkie that's going to do everything to improve. So he's one of Cody's guys. He's one of my guys. I have him number eight on my board right now, and I think that's probably close to where Cody has him too. But uh, yeah, very high on Giddy, very high on Sharif, and very excited to see where these guys end up. All right. Well, thank you for listening to this rendition of Locked On NBA Draft Podcast with the Draft Dummies. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at Draft Dummies. Leave us a review on Apple iTunes Podcasts. And uh, thanks for listening. Sam, you have anything else before we sign off here? No, that's it. Thank you, listeners. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.